Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you'll enjoy in this episode, Tom and Megan begin the final two-part push with Avengers Infinity War. Because That's What Heroes Do is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over this series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy. This episode, we begin our final countdown to the end of the original Marvel Cinematic Universe series with Infinity War. Our exploration of the entire MCU is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Before we get started, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and then we will be back with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Megan Doherty from One Stone Creative for our continuing challenge on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, we're reviewing the entire MCU. Why? Well, because it's there. And, of course, we are MCU uber geeks. Uh, We have been reviewing these films in chronological order, and we are nearing the end. Uh, In fact, we're at the end part one, which is Infinity War. So, uh, Megan, uh, welcome. Thanks, Tom. I'm Megan Doherty from One Stone Creative. Happy to be here. This has been such a journey, and we really are getting towards the end. There's been laughter. There have been tears. There will be more tears, as I just warned you before we hit record. Um, But what is your take on Infinity War? Well, uh, of course, we uh, we watched both movies uh, in preparation for this Mm -hmm. and the next podcast we're going to record. And... um, Having watched them in chronological order was so great, and it it really helps uh, make sense of the whole series, and it allows you to take a really deep dive into the personalities of each one of the heroes. And um, when these two movies came out, I remember um, I did uh, one pod 
where we did two pods. And I have one friend who uh, used to be the ultimate MCU Uber geek. I think we may have overtaken him. <laughs> um, and he really liked Infinity War better than mm-hmm. Endgame. And I've really come around to that, too. Um, I think, uh, uh, spoiler alert, Endgame is the end. And uh, it was just a lot of action, I thought. And I thought in Infinity War, we got only some not only some great <coughs> character development, but characters, we delved into some of the characters in ways um, we had not done. And, and that, so for that... I really want to talk about three um, or three things. And I want to start with the Hulk um, because I really didn't understand the Hulk in Infinity War until I saw Endgame because, uh, once again, I'm going to have to give a little spoiler alert, he, uh, he loses the ability to uh, transport between or transfer between the personalities. And what I didn't understand was how that occurred. Well, now I do. And it occurred because he fought Thanos and lost. And uh, he fought him actually straight up, meaning Thanos did not have the Infinity Stones or he was not using them when he fought Hulk. And he fought Hulk on the uh, uh, ship of Asgardian refugees uh, that left Asgard uh, after the end of Thor Ragnarok. And a large number of them were killed by Thanos. And I think Thor just, um, not Thor, excuse me, Hulk somehow uh, really, uh, this got to him. And it got to him, one, because he lost. It got to him, two, because of the incredible uh, massacre of the refugees. And um, he he is not ever the same, or at least he hasn't been the same Uh, in the current MCU universe. Uh, Perhaps that will change. But um, the just traumatic impact of this, and maybe it was because his entire Hulkness, his entire Hulk life had been pointing towards this battle for the universe and for the Earth, and he lost. And he lost... um, in a way that uh, I don't think many people thought he could have lost, which was a straight-up fight with another being. So um, uh, really, it, it gave a level of... Uh, the Hulk always had pathos, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it was less, um, sometimes more, but this was, to me, kind of the ultimate pathos, that Banner couldn't bring him back. And he couldn't bring him back in this film, uh, so that was number I one. To, just to, to add to that, because I, I I think that was a really interesting Hulk moment as well, especially because after losing to Thanos on the ship, he was sent back to Earth, and it was after that point that Bruce could no longer control him. And I think part of it is also um, he was a hero on Sakar. He had friends on Sakar. Everyone on Earth hated and was afraid of him, and they only wanted to use him. Uh, so I think that tied with you know the feeling of, of abject failure. Uh, I think that might have contributed to it, too, because he was, was developing so much more personality as the Hulk, um, you know, enough to say no uh, when, when Bruce was trying to call him out back on Earth. Uh, the second was the role of Doctor Strange. Your favorite. And I have, 
My favorite. And, you know, I'm well known and I have fully admitted Dr. Strange aficionado. Yes, we're going to see the uh, uh, the next one, which we'll, of course, review on this podcast series. I saw the evolution um, of Dr. Strange and really understanding his role in the uh, meta universe, uh, particularly when he was did two things. Number one, when he went through the 14,328 uh, potential outcomes uh, of the uh, battle with Thanos, but also when mm-hmm. he negotiated with Thanos to turn over uh, the stone. And his um, mm-hmm. requirement was that Tony Stark live. Now, perhaps Thanos knew what was going to happen down the road with Tony Stark, but um, Strange and Stark were not close personal friends in this movie. Yet, um, Doctor Strange made that a requirement of voluntarily, voluntarily turning over the stone. Now, this becomes hugely significant in Endgame, and we'll get to that in Endgame. But uh, mm-hmm. when we saw it. Unless you knew that Doctor Strange knew what he was doing, it was difficult to understand why he did it, um, except to keep Tony Stark alive and that perhaps Tony Stark, being one of the smartest humans on Earth, could come up with a plan, which, of course, he does, because he is. Um, so uh, I really uh, enjoyed Doctor Strange and his evolution And I guess the third thing that struck me was, and I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but was the ties back to the MCU. This is um, 20 movies, 21 movies. We're into this series now. A lot of movies and a lot of culture, a lot of backstory, a lot of legacy, a lot from the comic books, a lot new, and... um, so this is the third time I've gone through this. And, you know, it's now finally beginning to understand it and being incredibly frustrated in many ways when we started or when the movies first came out uh, because it didn't make as much sense because I didn't have the backstories. It had either been too long since I'd seen the prior movie or they weren't released uh, in chronological order like we have watched them. So I really enjoyed the uh, understanding the ties back to the full MCU. So uh, what are some of the plot points you uh, were enjoyed? Well, I mean, the first was, uh, the, like, Infinity War, I mean, it was a good movie. It's hard to watch. And one of the, the biggest things about it, I think, is what a great villain Thanos is. Um, because, I mean, he's undoubtedly sociopathically evil. Um, but in a really understandable way, it's really easy to get his motivation. Uh, you know, it... it, it his desire to bring balance and order to the universe and have a grateful universe and have everyone be happy and thriving because there's enough resources. I think it has always begged the question, you know, why can't you just double the resources or or make infinite resources or change the world in some positive way rather than, you know, annihilating half of existence. Um, But, you know, the fairness of it, rich and old alike, that always really struck me as uh, it, it made him not a sympathetic villain, but one that it was really easy to get. Um, And just his power and the way he, defeats everything and everyone in his path. Uh, like, then this was his... And in Infinity War, you know, he, he wins. 
uh, he beats the Avengers, despite all of the setup looking like, no, the Avengers are going to take it. It's going to be like our, our normal movie. So it's kind of, this was, this was his big protagonist movie, um, which I thought was, was fantastic. Um, and uh, so much of it was grim, uh, uh, right from the beginning with, with Heimdall dying and Loki supposedly dying. Uh, although, you know, there's a, a little escape for that given later, but, uh, uh, the way they, they handled characters, uh, these characters that we care about, I guess, as you say, after 20 movies, um, being so soundly defeated and being so close to success so many times. There were a couple points in the movie, we almost won, we almost had him. Uh, you know, when, when on Titan uh, and the, the Guardians plus Strange and Iron Man and Spider-Man, they almost win until Peter Quill loses it. And then right at the end, Thor could have had him. Uh, and just... it. It was an absolutely roller coaster uh, emotionally for the movie. Uh, I really love that. And of course, in Avengers or, or Marvel fashion, I, gosh, it was funny. What a funny, horrifyingly emotional movie. <laughs> so, uh, any Easter eggs you particularly enjoyed in this one? Oh, there were a couple. Um, uh, I loved it, was, they let kind of, I feel like every character really, really super be themselves. Uh, and, and be really hilarious. Wong, you're invited to my wedding right at the beginning. Um, I think one of the funniest lines in the entire um, cinematic universe uh, was, I'll do you one better, why is Gamora? Um, I have not yet seen that a single time without absolutely cackling, um, followed by I am Groot, I am Steve Rogers, uh, right at the end. Uh, let's see. Cookies, I, not so much stuff that I noticed, but the relationships... Uh, between characters, how great are Rocket and Thor together uh, once they, they go off on their way to, to Nidavellir? Oh, um, maybe um, his name is escaping me. How is his name escaping me? He was Eitri, the dwarf. Peter uh, Drinkage. That's it, Peter Drinkage from Game of Thrones, which I also enjoyed. Uh, he was great. Uh, making him giant, I think, was a lot of fun. But uh, but Rocket, um, being the captain, gotta be the captain, gotta be tender, uh, really was like a beautiful relationship. Um, they gave Groot character development over the course of the series, going from being a snarly teenager into saving the day in a really meaningful, self-sacrificing way. Um, so 10 points for that. Um, and of course, that moment when Peter becomes an Avenger on the way to Titan, uh, uh, just the, the play of emotions as he realizes, I'm, this is great, this is I want to be a big guy. Oh no, this is what that means. Um, so that, those were some of my, my favorite points. So uh, that brings up one of my favorite of all times when he talks about, I'm not sure if it was ancient history, but it was a really old movie called Aliens. <laughs> and uh, really, that was really good. <laughs> really old movie. And um, they use that as a strategy. Um, so um, that was <laughs> Oh, I, I love that, that really yeah. old movie joke. Is Footloose still the greatest movie of all time? No, man. Um, a couple of others I really enjoyed. We had uh, a bit more Wong in this one, and uh, I really like Wong, mm -hmm. but he told the origin story of the um, Infinity Stones, and he kind of ends in a... Sometimes you get some religious, pretty religious uh, overtones here. Perhaps that's not surprising, uh, but they're fragments of God. Now, I'm not sure if that's capital G God or little mm -hmm. G God. 
Uh, nevertheless, uh, maybe MCU God. That would be a little maybe G Maybe MCU God. So, um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed that. And then I also enjoyed the uh, Peter Drinkett scenes in uh, Nedivalier. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's mm-hmm. the dwarf home. But the thing that struck me there was it was just, it was it was almost blacked out because there was no power. And that was done by Thanos intentionally, but it made for, mm-hmm. I thought, just a great scene. And, of course, he has his hands cut off by Thor, and so he can't work. That's why he needs th- hands cut off by Thanos. That's why he needs Thor to do the work uh, to get the forge going again. Um, so uh, I really enjoyed uh, both of those. And... Uh, Right, right after that, the triumphant return to Earth and Wakanda and joining the battle that was ongoing. What a return. Uh, with summoning the Bifrost and just... It, it was not quite as the scene where he jumps onto the pile of baddies uh, on the Rainbow Bridge in Asgard, but it was real good. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, so that was a great battle scene, uh, too. It was great to see all the Wakandans there. Of course, uh, Bucky coming out of hibernation mm-hmm. uh, was also great. Um, the uh, the attempts to uh, remove the stone from Vision but due oh. to the advanced technology of Wakanda, I thought, was another great interplay. Uh, it was almost as funny as, you know, yet another injured white boy. Um <laughs> We had to put back together. What did you say when they arrived? Can you help us? Well, why didn't you just program them to work collectively? Well, we didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, Smarty was, pants. <laughs> that was great. So good. That was great. Uh, yeah, so uh, all of that was uh, very cool. Um, the Wakandan warriors were great. Uh, uh, so much fun. Um, and then um, when we got to the uh, the end of this movie... And uh, really the hand-to-hand combat was uh, very exciting, but I found that highly emotional. And his battle with Cap, his battle with uh, Wanda, um, uh, Bruce Banner's battle, because he's not the Hulk right now. Um, They were all... uh, It was clear... Everybody was going all out, and somebody was not going to win, and the, somebody who was not going to win was not going to be the good guys. Uh, so uh, that, that I thought, found that very touching. Yeah, and well, I mean, the the final end and, and Wanda and Vision's sacrifice, that's a, it's a little bit hard to watch, especially when it's just so immediately undone. Uh, and that, that wasting of the sacrifice is, is really brutal. Um, well, uh, that I think sets us up for our final episode. I am Tom Fox, and I hope you will join us for our next episode. I'm Megan Doherty, and that next episode will be one of the most epic movie or series finales in history, Endgame. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. As Megan said, our next episode we were going to take up Yes, it's the final episode of the original MCU series, the end of the two-part ending of the MCU original series, Endgame. 
I'd also like to tell you about a special podcast series that has premiered on the Compliance Podcast Network, The Corruption Files. In The Corruption Files, I'm joined by Hughes Hubbard partner Mike DeBernardis, and we take a deep dive into some of the most interesting FCPA and international anti-corruption enforcement actions over the past 15 years, which have really created the modern era of FCPA and anti-corruption enforcement. Check out The Corruption Files on the Compliance Podcast Network, Megaphone, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Because That's What Heroes Do is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.